Hey, thanks for being a part of the conversation. Let's play it forward. These are real people, real stories, the struggle to play it forward. Episode number 602 is with public theater legend Gail Papp. I'm doing very well, thank you. How about yourself? Absolutely fantastic. I was anxious to hear your voice, and the reason being is because somebody who has been associated with with public theater, and and that right there is community-driven so much. I just wanted to hear how you use your vocal cords. Oh, okay. Well, how you're hearing it. (laughs) Because it really is all about making that connection, is it not, when it comes to building your theater and productions? Absolutely. Absolutely. You've got it right on on the mark and then to put it in book form this is such an amazing adventure because so many new actors to the theater these days need to understand who was there before they got there yeah i think i think so i think it's a a valuable uh kind of life to know about and uh, it's kind of relevant to a lot of what's going on now the name of the book is Public Private My Life with with Joe Pop. This right here is a moment in theater history that that I mean he helped shape something that wasn't taking place and you were a part of that circle. Uh yes, I was. I was very lucky to uh land at his organization uh when the public theater was just starting up. He'd done Shakespeare for many years, but he was just getting into new works and uh new plays and musicals at the time that I arrived way back in the 60s. And so I saw the, you know, the birth and the creation and the evolution of this remarkable theater and uh, was privileged to be a, a me- member of it uh, on the staff. Mm. So I have a, a close-up view of it and uh, a great desire to bring to life the people uh, the politics, the plays yes. uh, of those first 25 years uh, when I was working with Joe and uh, after 10 years I was married to him. Wow, wow. I mean, it, you, you talk about the politics of the plays and things. I mean, I, I can't imagine what it was like in 1967 when Hare first appeared on that stage because that, that brought a change in so many things. Oh, it was. It was uh, quite a revolution. It's hard to remember it, uh, at that time the sound of rock and roll didn't exist on Broadway or in most theaters that I know of. It it just wasn't part of the musical theater sound of those days. Uh, there were some very fine musicals, of course, but this new sound on uh, the musical stage was uh, a total revolution. People could hardly believe it. Uh, it was something brand new, and they just... Uh, lined up around the block to get into that show in our yeah. our small 300-seat theater. Uh, it was an instant hit, and it attracted mostly young people, yeah. very young people, not not your matinee Broadway audience uh, or anything like that. It was a totally different kind of audience that came to see that show, and that was our very, show, very first show uh, at the public theater. That's what we opened with. And uh, it was unexpected. It kind of came in the last moment, and it was a little wild. <laughs> a good part of that show was cast right off the street. This is during the Vietnam War era, and there were a lot of hippies and kids on the streets in our neighborhood then. And uh, about half a cast was cast directly from the street. So they portrayed people that they knew very well. And a lot of them were the people in the show, actually. So that was quite remarkable and gave it tremendous life and vitality and a very 
direct kind of connection to the audience that was very young that came to see it. See, that's the one reason why I love public theater so much, even today, is the fact that when, when you say public theater, I mean, that is the public and going out there to get real people. Because when you've got a performance, you've got the vision, you've got to build that stage, and now you've got to perform that stage. And if, if you're missing one of those parts, something doesn't go right. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we were very fortunate to open with that show. Uh, and you realize we were a Shakespeare-only organization <laughs> up to that point. We'd never done new shows, and we'd never charged for them because we'd done free Shakespeare in New York City's parks, uh, particularly Central Park. So this is a brand new thing, not only the musical sound of that uh, particular musical, but also the fact that we were charging admission for the first time, even though it was very low admission. It was like $2.50. But nevertheless, it was a different relationship to the audience that we had, we didn't know whether they would show up at the box office if they had to pay, because for 10 or 15 years they'd been showing up at the box office just being handed free tickets yep. Yep. Uh, in the park. So it was, a, it was a revolution for the organization completely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because we had we had Charlotte Repertory Theater here in Charlotte, and it was one of those things yes. where, where people just came in droves because, I mean, and, and that one production that you would do for two weeks or so, that had to lead to the next production, and it was the goal was to really work with the community so they kept coming back. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it, it, our first relationship with an audience, as well as with actors, was open access. That was the whole idea, uh, open access for actors to be cast according to their talent and not by any kind of preconceived ideas and also for the plays to be open uh, and uh, accessible by anybody who wanted to come regardless of whether they could pay uh, so that was quite a revolution back then and uh, people showed up we also had a touring mobile theater we still do and so the idea that, uh, that the my book is really about anybody who has a dream about making something that didn't exist, yep. uh, and who has the beliefs and passion and also the ethics uh, to make something happen that's bigger idea than themselves, and I, I think that's part of the story that I tried to tell uh, in the uh, not only with my own association with Joe Papp, who was the founder and producer of this uh, amazing enterprise, uh, but also uh, the, the idea that he personified uh, and what it might mean to especially young people today or anybody today who believes that uh, the arts speak to everybody and they should be made available to everybody. Yep. And that... Uh, they also, especially the theater, but any of the arts, are an occasion for bringing people together and having a sense of community, uh, although that's pretty much challenged in the theater right now across the country because of our post-pandemic era, yep. and people are still trying to get back to the theater and have kind of lost the habit or the confidence somewhat in doing that. But that's not entirely the case. We've just had a show at the Public Theater based on the marvelous songs of Alicia Keys. Yes. And it's been sold out since the very first preview 
you know, people are waiting in line to try to get a ticket cancellation, maybe. So it depends on the show quite a bit. Hmm. And uh, the community is still there. And there's really nothing like it. It's, it's just a remarkable community of people who have a passion and interest in what the theater can offer them. And uh, what, whether it's entertainment or something on a more serious uh, thematical level, uh, there's a remarkable audience out there if it's done well and it speaks you know, to the people that come, have come to see it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been a powerful aspect of the public theater since uh, the beginning uh, when we opened in 1967. I wish I could have been a fly on the wall when you guys sat down for a meeting and and you decided that you were going to do normal heart because you were doing something here that nobody else was doing and it opened up the door for others to follow. But you took that initial first step with normal heart. Normal heart. Yes. Uh, There there were a a couple of other plays uh, about the AIDS epidemic in New York City in mid 1980s, which is the setting of that play. Uh, but Normal Heart is the one that really got across to an enormous uh, community across the country, and eventually uh, had you know a tremendous reach. Uh, there were 600 productions around the world in different languages of it, and it uh, still resonates today, very very much so. And uh, it's frequently um, uh, uh, produced again. Uh, with a different purpose in you know, our original uh, showing of that play when uh, Larry Kramer was very much on the scene, the uh, playwright. Uh, because today people find it interesting to look back on the politics of the situation. It was so extreme back in the mid-'80s when people were dying right and left. Nobody on any level of government was even mentioning the problem. So it was an urgent uh, kind of situation back then. And uh, it's different now, but it's interesting to look back on what it was back then. And I think you can read something into that experience. It's uh, very useful today when there are certain kinds of very urgent problems that are being ignored or not being paid enough attention to and so that play has kind of a lasting resonance beyond its topicality. Mm-hmm. What is it like to be on that stage when nothing is going on? There's nobody in the seats, but yet you're on that stage because you're holding the energy of bringing something to life. And you compare it to the night where it all opens up. I can't imagine what you go through spiritually as well as creatively uh, in the way of from, from nothing to a lot of something. Uh, yeah. Well, you hope you're if you're producing and uh, have opened the place that people are are coming to it. But sometimes it's a struggle. Uh, but that whole creative process that you're referring to is really it, it's it's just amazing. Uh, I'm still quite thrilled by it when I'm yeah. around it. And uh, because yes, you you create something uh, from a dream, whether you're a playwright or an actor producer, writer, um, uh, composer, you have a dream about making something that didn't exist before. That's just an extraordinary kind of 
uh, purpose <laughs> to have. You'd be a little crazy, perhaps. <laughs> but uh, you have some idea that you want to bring something into existence that never saw the light of day before, and that you hope to attract people and people of talent uh, also, and people to come to see it. Well, this is an amazing thing. You're starting from nothing. You have nothing but yourself uh, to make it come into existence and to make it uh, attractive, important, or whatever to enough people that they'll want to come and watch it and take it in. That's just it. You're starting from this amazing uh, no place yep. except yourself <laughs> to carry it forward. So it's a brave act on everybody's <laughs> part. And it's always kind of amazing how so many people that you have to have engaged in order to either produce a play or a musical, you can't do it with one or two people. Uh, it takes a lot of resources, backstage, on stage, out front, and so forth. You have to have all those people involved. And so there's a degree of cooperation that's absolutely necessary uh, to bring it forward and to get it on, you know, in front of people. So the aspect of cooperation in the theater, despite a lot of problems, despite a lot of temperaments, despite endless numbers of problems, you know, that come along, uh, it's just amazing. <laughs> I, I wish uh, certain governing bodies uh, in the body politic could uh, operate with the same level of uh, competency. <laughs> Gail, you got to come back to this show anytime in the future. I love listening to your stories. I love listening to your passion for the for the stage, even today. Oh, thank you, thank you very much. I certainly have it. I'm, I'm still involved with the theater. You know, I'm connected to the people that run it and so forth and so on. And uh, I've tried to maintain that in the book I wrote about my years there. And uh, it's it's still a very strong connection. And I love the people in the theater. I think they're just the most amazing people on earth. So true, so true. Well, you be brilliant today, okay? Yes, thank you so much.